Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So that is our own great Seda Ahmed, who delivers services on behalf of our center to people with disabilities with a lot of love and care in her heart. And you are in the dojo. So today is a continuation of the last episode, the previous episode, where we talk about the importance of having a mission or vision statement for ourselves, entering into this new year, especially to help guide us and be a compass, especially during uncertain times, creating something that really resonates with who we are and where we want to go and uh, can really call us in that direction and pull us if we're needing to be pulled. And I shared my mission vision statement that I created about two years ago and I continue to say each and every day has really helped me out a lot. And I can say as someone with a disability, I've definitely needed this type of clarity in my life. You know, being somebody with a disability, it, it's challenging in so many different ways. And I just feel like this is just a, another tool in the toolbox to help us to live independently. And is this something that is... I think almost required if we're looking to take anything to the next level and this can change or morph over time as we grow. Yeah, I could be changing this up myself, but for what it's worth uh, on the previous episode, we talked about the first part. This we'll talk about the second part and next episode, we'll talk about the third part of my mission for myself. And that is, it is my mission to embrace inner peace, to cultivate unconditional love, for all, and to be of service to others. And so in the last episode, we talked about inner peace. I talked about the components of that inner peace for me to operationalize that. And in this episode, we are going to talk about unconditional love for all. And this is something that I found to be very important. I do find love to be the strongest force that I've ever come across and something that has given my life a lot of meaning. And when I was researching this episode, I, I was interested in seeing the exact definitions of love out there. And I, and I took down a few that I thought was of interest. But the most common one was that it was an intense feeling of deep affection. That was very much repeated. And I could say, yeah, love is intense and it's uh, affection. That, that works for me, sure. I liked one that was kind of uh, going against that in the sense that it said it's, it's not merely a feeling but it's a way of relating to others. I like that because it operationalizes it. It takes it from just feeling to action, like how we are we relating and engaging with other people. So I liked that one because it was more action-oriented, but the best one of all that I came across is that love is a spiritual condition that helps us to find meaning and purpose in our lives. Love is something that helps us to find meaning and purpose in our lives. It totally reminds me of a quote that I had shared on one episode in that 
You know, the purpose in life is to find something so meaningful that it makes the fact that life is suffering irrelevant. For me, that resonates. You know, I, I really respect Eastern philosophy and, and, and the Buddhism tradition. You know, that's their first noble truth is that life is suffering and life is hard. And through that suffering, we can learn so much, but it gives it meaning when we have love. And so there finds purpose. When I was talking earlier about people with disabilities and the challenges, you know, it can be very, it can be very tough if we don't have a purpose and find meaning in the suffering or the challenges or those th difficulties that we must overcome. And if there is love in our hearts, if there's love for others, if there's just love for the situations that we're in, even though it might not be fun, we can realize that it's gonna give us resilience or it's gonna give us acceptance, it's gonna give us adaptability, it's gonna give us the ability to persevere, it's gonna give us these virtues, we can love that. And, and in that, we can find meaning in the difficulties that we have. So I like that definition the best. But how unconditional love does break down for me is first, what is unconditional love? For me, unconditional love is the highest level of love. For me, it means that no matter what the situation or what the person may or may not do, going to love the situation, going to love the person anyway. That they're not putting conditions on the love that I have, that I'm going to give to life, that I'm going to give to another person. That can be very tough. That can be very tough. And that's why I seek in my mission statement, my vision, to embrace unconditional love. I'm and I'm not saying I'm there yet at all. And that's why I, I really want to call to the highest level of love that I can see. I say in the, my personal mission statement that it, unconditional love for all. And I'm going to break down what I mean by for all in there as we go through this. But, you know, again, this is a very high level aspiration that I'm not there yet. But again, that's why it's a mission and vision statement. I'm trying to live this to the maximum capacity. May never get there. I don't know if there's a finish line to it. But with my experiences with uh, unconditional love, you know, the first place that it comes from is from my parents. I, I would not know what this definition is all about if I did not receive the unconditional love from my parents. And being a parent myself, now I can understand what that really, really, really means. And, and I have that love for my children. But I definitely had to first receive what unconditional love was to really embody it. And I had wonderful, engaged parents, very blessed for that. And you know, no matter what, Man, I've done some knuckleheaded stuff. <laughs> I really have. Oh, to list it all. And yet, at, at every corner of just not making the right decisions lane, uh, they were always there helping me, trying to guide me through and improve, uh, and still loving me no matter what. And yeah, one of the funniest, kind of funniest in retrospect things I, I could tell um, was when I, my yearbook quote, uh, I had a quote in there, and it was, uh, we don't need no education from Pink Floyd. And man, first of all, it's doomed me to a life of academia. There's my karma. But my mother, who's so engaged with my education, every opportunity you know that I've ever had, is, and my father, they were so invested in me doing my homework, being on task you know, for the projects I was doing. But my mother was like head of the PTA and doing all these other kind of things, and, and I could just... 
tell her disappointment in me <laughs> or disappointment not in me but disappointment in that but yet love me anyway still loves me and that is a very small faux pas on my part and all the different kind of things I did but from parents and you know I find that if I need to look for understanding what it is from my parents being a parent can definitely you know see what that's all about and then I think to myself if a parent can have this unconditional love for their children can we expand that out to each other? I really think we can. That's what I'm seeking to do here. And I feel like the world needs this more than anything nowadays. And this is going to be broadcasted on Martin Luther King's holiday. And we're going to wrap this by talking about Martin Luther King and his message and his vision and how love really does tie into a lot of what he had to say and stands for. And so I'll, I'll wrap it with that. But for me, the unconditional love for all breaks down into several different layers. I'd say the first one for me has to start with the fact that I'm alive, the fact that I'm here. The forces that conspired to give me life, to give me breath, to be here right now, I could call that God. I know that's like one of the most charged words in language and could invoke all kinds of different meanings. But that could be one way of saying it. Another way of saying it would be that for somehow, some way, after 13.5 billion years that we know of, of the known universe, has led to this moment of me being right here in front of a microphone recording. I think I've heard scientists say, like, the idea that we happen to be here on a planet with the exact distance from a sun to have the ability to have life for all the things to come together that had to happen in order for there to be life, to be human life, for us to be here is like four trillion to one. I, I don't know how they come up with these odds, but it is miraculous that we're here. And there's so much complexity that has gone into us being here. That also is something that I love very much. There's people out there that would not call that God. And, and I find that just to be fascinating. The Stoics would call that the Logos. Uh, Taoism would call it the Tao, the way, the way of the universe. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be God, but it's just my reverence for a force much greater than I can ever comprehend with my human brain. I just love the fact that it's just miraculous. Life is miraculous. It's wonderful. I start there because it's very, as much as expansive as I can comprehend in terms of love, the infinity, the eternalness of it all. It's just amazing. It's full of wonder. So I start there when I think about unconditional love. Um, and I then go to self-love next. This one's a tough one for me. And, and I've only recently started to dive in into what self-love is all about. Within the last couple of years, it's a little icky, ooey kind of a feeling for me. I've steered away from it because I've always interpreted self-love as being incredibly egoic and narcissistic and come to learn that it's not necessarily that, but it's just taking care of ourselves. And you know, how many of us, myself included, are really living a life that really shows that we love ourselves? And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, say mind, body, spirit. Are we holding the thoughts in our heads that we should have, if we truly loved ourselves, would we be having the thoughts that we have in our head? You know, for me, if, uh, if one of those court transcribers, you know, were, were typing out all the different thoughts I have in my head, I gotta say, I'm so self-critical. And I've, I've heard this from other people too, and it's, it's kind of common that we're, we're so self-critical and it's that internal monologue. 
inside our head being self-critical? And if we really loved ourselves, would we be that hard on ourselves? I don't think so. Maybe better. I, I don't know if I tolerate another person saying what I say to myself in my head, you know, being around me. I'd be like, beat it. Get it out of here. Our, our bodies. Are we loving ourselves, this temple that we've been giving? Are we doing all that we can to nourish it with the right foods? Are we active enough to make it as fit as it can be? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we steering away from the toxic things that we could be putting into our body? You know, are we treating our bodies right? Are we treating our spirits and what I mean, like our emotions, how we're feeling, our well-being? You know, there's so many ways that we can show our love for ourselves. Are we living the life of purpose? Are we out there trying to fulfill our potential to find the meaning in our life that we need to, to be proactive about it, not complacent? Are we showing the love that we have for the life that we've been given? So self-love I find to be very important. I'll point to a book. Yeah, I'll space it on his name, but Jamel Robbins, I believe it is. But the name of the book, I could be getting his name wrong, is Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And he's got some really good, it's like a owner's manual on how to do this. And, and one of the things that he does is, you know, forgiving ourselves for past transgressions or not being living up to our fullest potential, how to go about doing that. He writes eloquently on that, meditating on loving ourselves, saying it as a mantra to ourselves. But what I love is he asks himself or invites the person to ask himself, if I truly, truly love myself, would I fill in the blank, hold this thought? could be a negative thought. Would I, would I be thinking negatively about myself, about others? Or would I hold this emotion? You know, would I be harboring resentments? Would I be having envy, jealousy, pride? These, these things in our mind that aren't so good for us. Would I, would I be purchasing this food that could be very bad for me? If I truly love myself, would I fill in the blank? And, and to continually ask ourselves that question. So I do that as part of this exercise and in this part of the mission statement of you know, self-love and something that I find to be very important in terms of, you know, actually operationalizing self-love and what it means. And I continue to try and do better at that. I can certainly do better. And uh, that's where I'm at. So from the universe, the Tao, the way, God, whatever you want to call it, to self-love, I go to family and friends. So family. Yeah, I talked about parents and the unconditional love that parents could have for their kids, but also the immediate family that we have. I got brothers and sisters who I love without conditions, and, and people might have other people in their, their lives that are considered to be in their immediate family. You know, again, with, when I talked about peace, you know, it's one thing to have inner peace, but then we need to have peace with those that are closest to us, and, same, and then we can expand it out into the world. I, I feel like the same way with unconditional love. You know, having the love for ourselves, but also then unconditional love for those that are very close to us. And then we can expand that out. And I find that to be very important. I think one area that, that's very common is intimate relationships. You know, I find that for me, the difference between the intimate relationships I had before marriage and marriage was, is that the, the before marriage relationships was kind of conditional. It was one of those things, well, if you didn't love me as much as I'm loving you, or if I'm doing more in the relationship than you're doing, it could be on the rocks, you know, it could be one of those things like, well, maybe it's just not healthy for me or you or this, that or the other. And people would maybe have to demonstrate their love or you know, in the way that I preferred and et cetera. Well, marriage really calls us to a higher level, at least the, the way I would define a marriage, you know, in sickness and health, right? It's kind of cliche. So even if the, the person that we're with is, isn't showing the love to the level that we have or God forbid even like cheat on the marriage 
or lie and betray or anything, well, that person could be sick and they could be acting in a sick way. And, you know, if our love's unconditional, even under those conditions, marriage calls us, you know, the spirit of marriage calls us to still love, to still be in it. I'm not saying people should stay in a marriage that's, uh, that's abusive and, you know, these betrayals are, you know, I can't make that kind of judgment. But for myself, in my marriage, it calls me to, no matter what, I'm going to be there. I'm going to stick with it as much as I can. And so it becomes that kind of unconditional thing. So friendship, you know, this is the family we choose, right? And for me, I've been blessed with friends. I recognize that not all people with disabilities have, you know, the social networks and that the quality of, of which that, you know, is often needed. But if people do have just a friend, a real friend, it is gold. I define friends as, you know, people that you not just hanging out with when the times are good. You know, real friends stick with us when times are really rough. Um, divorce, death, disease, um, challenging situations, they're there and they're supportive. And they can tell us areas we need to improve on. Give us counsel, not just being polite all the time and comments and you know, that are complimentary. But they can actually be people that can be a mirror in our lives of where we need to improve because they know us. And, and can we be there for them when maybe they're not doing the greatest things either? Can the love that we have for our friends be unconditional as well? That would be the next layer to expand out from you know, the higher power to my self-love to immediate family to, to friends. And my friends especially can be a bunch of knuckleheads. Like I can be a knucklehead and they still love me anyway and I still love them anyway. And unconditional love for friends. The language of friendship is not of words, but it is of meaning as Emerson uh, would tell us. And uh, I think Wayne Dyer said it is God's way of apologizing for some of those family members <laughs> that we might have is by giving us these kind of friends. So unconditional love for friends is huge. So the next layer of unconditional love that I seek to expand and grow in my life is love for those I serve. Being here at the center is just one of a long time of being in service to other people. And I feel called to be of service to other people. And it is a lot of feelings of affection. It is a lot of relating to others. And it gives me a lot of purpose and meaning going back to the definitions at the, the top of this uh, podcast. And it's just, it's something in me that f- just feels called to do it when I'm in service to others. Not that it's always easy and feels great by any means, no way. Uh, but it's love that keeps me in the game. It's empathy. Empathy is huge, huge, huge when I'm serving other people and just, just connecting with them. And especially if they're struggling you know, in crisis, they're suffering. It just, there's something in it that really feel called towards in, in being able to do that. And especially like when, when serving people who are struggling, you know, seeing ourselves in them. For me, that's, I think, why I'm so driven to, to help people with disabilities and, and living independently. I, I, I know what the journey it's been and continues to be for me. And so to help others along the path, wherever I can, it just feels so right and it feels so good to be able to, to serve. And, and especially those when, when people are, are suffering and they can may take, maybe take it out on us. Like I can't tell you how many times where I'm just meeting somebody for the first time who's very angry and put off and nothing to do with them, you know, uh, up until the moment I'm meeting them and, and what they're going through has nothing to do with me. And, 
you know, they're taking out a lot of their frustrations, their anxiety or their stress right on me right away. Um, you know, it can be disrespectful, yelling. And you know, the best thing for, I've found to, to do is to not be reactive, to have empathy and not take it personally. And, and because they're struggling, whatever they're going through has nothing to do with, with me. I've seen this happen so many times where people are just really in a very difficult place and don't know how to articulate their feelings or going through what they do. And for me, that's the highest hanger fruit. That's where we need to be resilient and, and to be there for people. And if I was, had a conditional love for them, I wouldn't serve them because you're not talking to me respectfully. You're, you know, who are you to say this? You, I had nothing to do with you know, your anxiety. You know, an emergency on your part doesn't make an emergency on my part. I could easily go to that if I had a conditional love for those that I serve. But it is unconditional that I seek to do and to do well with. And people out there need it. This year, I think more than ever, people are gonna be struggling and taking things out on people that had nothing to do with what they're going through. And for those of us that can, not saying that we should be whipping boards or, or mats to walk over, but we're just going to need to be the best version of ourselves for people that are uh, not in a good place, that are in crisis. And it's through unconditional love that I think it's the ticket to ride and to being able to do that with. All right. So the next layer would be those I serve with. I have been so blessed to work with just such wonderful people throughout my careers. And here at the Center for Independent Living, so many kind-hearted, large-hearted, people that are doing this because they have unconditional love for other people. And I've learned so much from them about how to really demonstrate love and care for other people, compassion, empathy, patience. They are my teachers. They are the people that I seek to do the best that I can to support them in any way possible that I can. And, I, and I'm so grateful for even before the center and coming here, just seeing people that are just I don't know how else to describe them, but just, you know, people that are operating at a whole nother level of kindness towards humanity. And I think we have more among us walking that hold that frequency, that hold that ability to just care and serve others than we do that there are people that aren't walking like that. I think a lot of times we give more attention to the people that are bringing anger and anxiety and hatred to the forefront than we really do the people that are out there that are with large-hearted, kind, humble, caring, empathetic ways of living. And no better place to find these people than in organizations that are out there serving people that are marginalized and in needing of service. So finding uh, unconditional love for the people that I serve with is definitely another layer there where I look to seek to do this. And, and when we can do this, we can unify and amplify the cause that we are doing. So when we can connect with the unconditional love, learn from the people that we're serving with, that's where the unity really comes to into play. This back half gets a little harder. So I really do love the message of love thy neighbor as we love ourselves. And if we're loving ourselves appropriately, those neighbors that are easier to love, the, the immediate family, the friends, those that we serve, those that I serve with, you know, that's the easy part. The back nine here that I'm going to get to, that's the neighbor that maybe uh, borrows your stuff and doesn't return it, has the loud parties, has an unkept house yard, et cetera, maybe gossips about you to all the other neighbors. The back half here is those kind of neighbors that we are called to love unconditionally. This is when the test really begins uh, with unconditional love. But so the next layer for me is, is to love those who do not love me. Look, everyone has their haters. I'm not exempt from this. 
And you look throughout history and the people that are super revered, that have done amazing things for humanity, any leader, it's a tax of leadership. Leaders make decisions that people do not like. Everyone has someone that is their detractors. Can we love them? Can we love those people that gossip, complain, blame, lie about, cheat, steal from, don't like us? Can we love them? Can we love them no matter what they are doing to us? All those things. That's what that is, the message is calling us. Love thy neighbor. And it doesn't say the, the neighbors we like or the neighbors that like us. It's everyone. It's a tall order. But if we can have unconditional love for those that are close to us, I firmly believe we can love those that do not love us. And I, I seek to grow more in that area. Not easy. Next layer, super hard. <laughs> love those I find hard to love. And yeah, it can be those people. And it can be other people too, right? It can be you know, the people that you know, maybe I, are pushing my buttons that are off-putting to me. The, the times that I can see the discourse in our society you know, whether or not wear a vaccine, you know, do the vaccine or don't do the vaccine. Wear a mask or don't wear a mask. The politics, people's politics, being woke or not woke. Climate change, is it really happening or not happening? Ableism and disability. Uh, you know, there's so many sides to all these issues. All of us are probably irked by the other side of an issue and can we love those people that are irking us? Can we love them? Can we love them even though we disagree wholeheartedly with these very charged different sides of an issue that I just kind of laid out there? Man, you know, that, that again is the tall order. And I seek to do this. I seek to, you know, really love and have empathy for, you know, people that I, I would consider out there that are being offensive or, you know, that I see just really not being the best versions of themselves that tend to push my buttons. And I find hard to love, you know, those who have, again, lied, cheated, steal, and all those other kind of things. Maybe they haven't done it to me, but, you know, can we, can we love everyone? And, and especially, you know, those that might be, you know, just the hardest to love. Can we do that? Imagine the person that gets the most reactivity out of you politically. And, and can you love that person unconditionally? Can you do that? Whew, tough one, right? But I think it was shared at the beginning of this, the quote about love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not take sides. Love does not discriminate. Love thy neighbor, even the neighbor that pushes our buttons. That's a tall one right there. That's a tall one. So those, those are the areas of my life that in, in that mission of cultivating inner peace, embracing unconditional love for all and service to others. These are the layers, loving this higher power force that has just created the universe or is the universe unfolding, loving myself, loving my family, loving my friends, loving those I serve, loving those I serve with, loving those who do not love me and loving those I find it hard to love. That's unconditional love. Those are all the layers of unconditional love that I seek to operationalize. Unconditional love for all. And so, yeah, it's broadcasting on Martin Luther King Day. And, and as far as the message of Martin Luther King and his vision, his 
message of nonviolence, to stand up for equal rights for all people. And the people that at the time and long before and then long time in history, people that have been brutalized, jailed, belittled, humiliated. This person says nonviolence. How easy would it be for me or for many others to want to meet that brutality with brutality? And yet to say, we're going to stand up for our rights, we're going to advocate for our rights, and we're going to do it through nonviolent means. The only way I can wrap my head around the ability for somebody to have that message is unconditional love. And to love the captors that are entrapping us, that are holding us back, that are doing things that are unspeakable. This is the message this man brought was nonviolence in the face of violence. The only way I can see to be able to get to that kind of a message and that kind of a place is unconditional love. And his message was wanting an equal, united world where people of all races could come together and have their children play with each other and see a life of harmony. Man was shot and killed for that message. And there's a U2 song, In the Name of Love. That's a very powerful song that talks about the message of love that this Martin Luther King brought to us. And it's in that message of love that I think today we really, really need to look towards. Because I see a lot of hatred in this world for other people. I see a lot of people being offended by one another. I even hear talk of civil war. It's becoming mainstream now. It's absurd, in my opinion. I think people don't even know what they're asking for, asking to have brothers killing brothers, sisters killing sisters. Over what? Because we don't get along? Unconditional love, nonviolence, is what this man was calling for. And in a time where I feel like we're so hypersensitive and offended, we really need to back up and see what this message was brought to us and is all about. He has a lot of quotes that is related to love. If you go back and read a lot of what he has to say, a lot does have to do uh, with love. He talks about how hatred is too much of a burden to carry. And that's why he is turning to love. That darkness cannot vanquish darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot get rid of hatred. Only love can do that. So whatever you think of Martin Luther King as the man, I understand there's controversy. Of course, everyone has a human being. But the message, the message of that we must love one another in order to be united, to overcome our differences, to create a society that's harmonious is something that I think that will last the test of time. I truly believe that. I truly believe love is an unstoppable force no matter how hard it might be to see in our public discourse nowadays. 
I really believe we all have the capacity for unconditional love for ourselves, for our family, for our friends, those who are in need, those who help those who are in need, for those neighbors that do not like us, for those neighbors that in fact hate us, for those neighbors that we may have hatred for. We can cultivate this unconditional love. Love wins every time, but we gotta work for it. It's not given to us. That's why I put it in my mission statement, because I seek to have this unconditional love and to bring it out into the world. And I am so blessed and honored to be able to be here on a platform where I can share these words. I hope they mean something. They mean something to myself in terms of living a life that is going to hopefully take myself and anyone that I can have influence onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.